Hey friends, it is great to be with you, Glenn and Ben here from Good Movie Monday, and in the lead up to Monster Fest, we are presenting a series of videos where we're going to be chatting with some of the creatives behind the films on the official program. Let's not waste any time, jump straight into it. G'day Ben, how are you? Would you like to uh, introduce our guests? Uh, yeah, th thanks mate, I'm, I'm great. Uh, so without further ado, let me uh, introduce the filmmakers behind the found footage phenomenon, Sarah Appleton and Phil Escott. Sarah, Phil. Welcome to the show. Thanks, Hi, thank you so much ben. for having us. Uh, now, for those uh, poor, fortunate, uh, unfortunate, I should say, poor, unfortunate souls who haven't ravenously uh, devoured the Monster Fest program, what is the found footage phenomena about? Uh, the found footage phenomenon is a, a documentary slash love letter to a much maligned documentary, which is the, the found footage subgenre. Now, this, this is a, like it is. It is a super interesting topic that I wasn't prepared to find as interesting as I did. Uh, and you've scored some amazing, amazing interviews. Like you seem to have touched all of the kind of tentpole found footage horror films. You've got uh, the guys from Blair Witch Project, Paranormal Activity. You've got Andre Overdahl in there. James Cullen Bressack, who's been a guest at Monster Fest uh, back in the day. Uh, and you've also got you've got the Godfather of found footage in uh, Regera Diodato. Uh, you also managed to get to one of my favourite people in the, in the whole world, uh, fellow Melbourneian Alexandra Helen Nicholas, uh, uh, in there, which is fantastic. How did you manage to get all these people from all these different countries in this? How did you manage this? Well, you know, part of me thinks that maybe the we filmed it in the lockdown, so maybe that had part to do with it. Like, no one had anything to do, so they wanted to be in our film. <laughs> but... Um, generally, I think, you know, from our backgrounds working in distribution and stuff, we're quite used to being able to go out and reach people. And like, just, I don't know, when you have, Alex was a big help, actually. She put us in touch with Michael Goy. And um, that was like, for me, one of the best interviews. But, you know, maybe not you guys. No, it was great. I think, I, I, ben, Ben, I think that's how we got all of our guests too. Everyone was in lockdown. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Nothing better to do. <laughs> it's like it's you know it may be it may have done uh, terrible things to the uh, world economy, but it's done great things for podcasts everywhere. <laughs> it's, uh, it's been amazing, and documentaries. Um, now, before uh, we uh, got you on the show, we did ask you to come up with five films that either inspired you to become filmmakers inspired you to make this film or just films that you really love so please hit us with number one okay for me it's the the granddaddy of the zombie genre it's uh, romero's dawn of the dead what a classic have you picked up the fancy new uh box set the 4k thing with the i worked on it luckily so yes i i was very much involved so, oh, right, you did. That's right. I, I keep as a passion project. Yeah, so yeah, right. Enough I, to have some involvement in that. <laughs> I keep forgetting that that I've actually like like spoken to you before over the internet because yeah. you make extra features and I release DVDs and <laughs> <Yeah>. our paths <laughs> have crossed. And you actually have worked with uh, with Jared Garn, who is a, a, a uh, one of the uh, one of the team at uh, Good Movie Monday and also a co-worker at Monster Pictures. I do, and uh, my fifth recommendation will cross paths oh. with you guys again. So to be continued. How interesting that you you've picked that film because that that franchise sort of dived into the found footage 
um, stuff with the, was it the fifth film? Diary of the Dead? Yeah, Diary of the Dead. Diary, yeah. So Romero dabbled in the genre as well. But I was already a big fan of his work by then. So he was one of the people who actually convinced me that found footage was actually a worthy genre. Yeah, right. All right. Number four. Number four? Or number two. Wait. <laughs> For one second, I thought we were counting back. Are we ranking them? I didn't oh, know that. No, 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 no. It's just... It's just... Yeah. <laughs> It's like non-linear. We'll, we'll go, yeah. skip the end, then we'll go to the middle, then we'll go yeah. to the beginning, what's, then what's towards the, the end again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, it's like when they reveal the questions at, in the quiz shows. And they, oh, they, you wanted... they answer five questions and then they just, oh, let's see what you did with number three, just to, <laughs> just to keep uh, you know, the tensions high. You are the Steve Harvey of uh, Good Movie Monday, mate. <laughs> you, that's not the first time that's not the first time <laughs> that that's been said. But how do you guys want to do it? Do you want to do me do my Yeah, we take it in turns. Or or is it oh, yeah, we can. Have you both got five? Yeah, yeah sorry. Yeah, well, okay. we no, five. yeah let's go. No, let's do it. Okay. Yeah, no, that's fine. <laughs> sorry. Sorry. No, no. We can, we can, I'll trim mine down. That's fine. No, no, no. no. <laughs> no, not at all. Okay. So, what's your number one? Uh, well, I, I sort of touched on it, but Megan is Missing was basically one of the first found footage films that made me really love the genre, just like how, because at the time in 2011, when I saw it, I feel like um, I felt like it was so shocking. And, and back then I just wanted to see basically everything that was shocking, like the, the most shocking things that existed. I wanted to see them all. And that one really I never want to see it again you know <laughs> I watched it that one time didn't watch it again actually going through it to pick clips out for the film was quite hard because there was parts I really didn't want to see again and I was like oh I have to avoid that bit but that was that's definitely one that if you haven't seen it you should see it but not maybe not if you're of a nervous disposition <laughs> I should I should I did warn you two I haven't said anything to the listeners but I have seen the film Glenn hasn't. So if he's standing there, if he's sitting there looking like a, a stunned mullet, it's because he doesn't know what we're talking about. But Megan is Missing does feature quite prominently in the doco. And there's some great stories with that guy. Is he being threatened and stuff and having and having yeah. uh, stalked by fanboys? And uh... Yeah, he's, he's like, he's a really, um, he's sort of like a Hollywood director of photography he's like he films like american horror story and all this huge right. projects but then he made megan is missing like he directed that as his sort of first directoral job and i mean it was obviously a passion project for him and uh it's quite funny like it's good that he can take it on the chin now but people really didn't respond to it very well because if you didn't know where it was coming from that's why we include we include this whole story about where it comes from if you don't know, I guess you can think it's it could come, maybe come across as a bit exploitational, like in a in a bad way. But I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't know what that means. <laughs> yeah. Exploitational in a bad way? No. We've all seen your Facebook, Ben. Yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> don't don't go look at my Facebook. Don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, I think uh, my boss at one point, my boss actually did get a note from from uh, one of the guys at Raven Banner in Canada, sounds in Canada, going, what is wrong with Ben? Like, is he serious? <laughs> I was like, oh, okay? I forgot. I, at one point, I had two separate Facebook accounts and I merged them. Big mistake. Sounds like my inbox a Good Movie Monday. 
All right. Okay. Number two. Uh, for me, it's Cronenberg's The Fly, which was like literally just one of those films that blew my mind, even at a young age, just to show the, the practicality of the effect and how you can do so much in camera. It just blew my tiny little mind and still does today, but more so as a love story. Yeah. I find it very emotional. <laughs> I was going to say, there's, there's nothing about the special effects in that that have aged. Like they're still amazing. Although I have to say, it still does make me want to go to bars and arm wrestle dudes. <laughs> yeah, I'm sweaty, so I was hoping like I could melt through some dudes' hands. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, that's a fantasy. Yeah. A couple a couple of years ago on the show, um, we did like uh, the greatest love stories in cinema, and Jarrett brought up the fly. That's like his most devastating love story. Mm-hmm. It is. It's still, I saw it for the first time on a big screen in um, a film festival a few years back, and I cried at the end like a little baby. It was just yeah. It hit me in a way it hadn't. Not I'm sure. not sure that's something you're supposed to admit. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, I mean, no, I just said, fuck this film. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and I argue that it, the film should be played, always played in a double feature with Earth Girls A Reason, but I can't, <laughs> I haven't found many, many people who agree with me. I'm like, it's the yeah, perfect date. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's the perfect date double feature. No. <laughs> <laughs> Facebook thing again, Ben. Yeah. <laughs> okay, Sarah, what's your number two? Um. Okay, so I picked the ring because it really massively traumatized me when I was ten, and I think that it's probably always going to be one of those early films that are um, sort of, in a way. The trauma, the traumatic experience was part responsible for my life choices. So <laughs> I feel like I have to pick that. But also because, and like, she literally finds a tape in it, and it's not a found finished film. But I feel uh, I quite like the connection. Did yeah, you I... see the the original or remake first when you were younger? Oh, first I saw the remake. Yeah, when I was yeah. ten, the American one, and it scared the shit out of me. Awesome. I, I think I saw I saw Ring and Ring Ring Zero or Ring O or whatever it is. Yeah. Uh, I saw them both at Myth uh, when they when they came out, and then straight after that, I saw Audition Takeshi Miike's The Audition, <laughs> and that movie freaked me out so much that I haven't been able to go back and watch either or, or all of those films. <laughs> it's true. It was like a new kind of horror that like uh, we we just hadn't imagined before, I guess, and like. Um, the Grudge as well, really, really, mm. really. Yeah. Uh, even watching The Grudge too, the remake, the um, American one, it still scares me now. And nothing scares me, so <laughs> must be good. Yeah, that J-Horror boom was amazing. I think mm. Cairo and Dark Water. Pulse yeah, it, Cairo. Dark Water, amazing. Yeah, they blew my balls off. They're amazing. <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely. All right, number three. Uh, for me, it is The Crow, Alex Proyas's yeah. uh, introduction to Hollywood. It was the first film I actually watched twice. I remember renting it from the, the video store, watching it, my, my world changing, and then just rewinding it and watching it all <laughs> over again. It's the first film i ever done that. And yeah, that's what I figured. I was a big film fan. Yeah. <laughs> well, I remember, I remember not, like, not watching it for ages 
until I had four friends. They physically dragged me to Valhalla <laughs> to watch at like two o'clock in the morning. I was like, what? And then like loving, absolutely loving it. But I also think it, it features, uh, let's see, uh, is it, I can never remember his name. It's Michael, Michael Wincott or Jeff, yeah, it's Michael Wincott. Michael, Michael Wincott. Yeah. Wincott. Uh, Jeff Wincott's the, uh, the martial arts. The martial arts one. That's, yeah. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> but Michael Wincott, who I always loved from Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, but he gives the greatest synopsis of the film ever in the film when he just does, does that. <laughs> Like he does like, <laughs> and you're like, this is the like that's the mark. That's all you need for the trailer is just that <laughs> of him explaining the whole film for you. There's um yeah. there's a there's a you know a, a small chance that Alex may watch this video and this will be kind of sacrilegious. But what do you think of part two? Because I kind of have always said that that's one of these sort of underrated sort of punkish kind of films that no one really gives respect. Yeah, well, I I enjoyed it. I mean, the Deftones absolutely smash it on the soundtrack. So I'm a big Deftones fan. So put them in a movie, I'm going to like the movie just purely because they're in it. And it, I think it's one of those films where the story behind it is going to be more interesting than the the film will ever be now, just because of all the the drama that went into making it, mm. all the the stuff that the studio put the director through, and all that stuff. It's going to be one of those great sort of cursed movies, if you will, because. It didn't stand a chance from the, the get-go. And yeah, I enjoy it for what it is, and, mm. but it, it doesn't hold up to the original. No. Yeah. Is the second is it the second or the third one that, that Kirsten Dunst is in? That's the third one. That's the third one. Third one, Stairway to Heaven or something? Is that what it is? <laughs> and then Edward <laughs> Furlong is in the fourth one. Fourth one. Yeah, Shocker. Macy Gray. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is Hopper. That's right. <laughs> Amazing. Okay, Sarah, what's uh what's your uh third one well you know since phil isn't picking any actual found footage films i think i'll, <laughs> I'll go with um <laughs> the last broadcast mainly because when i first saw it it was a, a long long time ago and then i watched it again and i think that actually you kind of have to watch it twice just to understand what you're looking at which is quite good with some horror films but um i personally like it because it's like playing with this whole idea of the media and what's real and what's fake and what you're being told and everything like that. And it's actually kind of less of a horror film and more of a sort of true crime and sort of a, like that, like, I don't know, asking you to question yourself. And I like, that's why I like it anyway. And I think that if anyone's, and also obviously because it came out in 1998. So if anyone, you know, loves the Blair Witch and thinks that's the first film fish film, maybe you should check out the last broadcast. I love it too, and it actually it ties really well into the into the point that um, that Diodato makes in the doco when he talks about where he got the kind of idea for for Last Cannibal World and, and Cannibal Holocaust. In that, you know, it's because the the newsmen can do whatever they want; they show whatever they want. There's no no censorship. No. Uh, yeah, nothing. it's definitely a heavy um, theme in a lot of fanfish films, actually, and I guess. Um, that's probably why I like it, but yeah, just to just question what you're seeing, basically. That's the if you actually summarize found footage films in general, I think you can just say that you know they're designed to make you question what you're watching. Yeah, I wish I could. I can't remember the name of the film, but it was what it was a gang. It was a gang movie where the, these kids were filming um themselves doing like drive-bys and stuff or running around on bikes and shooting people in cars and i was working at a video store in the time 
at, at, at the time. And there you go, Glenn. You can have a drink. It's every time I mention working in a video store, Glenn gets Glenn gets <laughs> to take a shot. But um, I, we had people come back in disgust, going, "You should be you should be renting this. Like this is real. Like a, a like a hundred percent dead serious that they thought they were watching like news footage of like real deaths of real shootings. I think it's partially like people want to want it to be real because there's been so many films where people have been like, Oh my God, that's real. And then it's not real. Uh, you'd think that people would learn by now that basically nothing is real, <laughs> but, but they haven't. And I think it's just because you want it to be real. We want to see some real nasty shit. I mean, I was crushed when I found out the never ending story wasn't real. Like that really, really upset me. As a, as a when, you, when you got to that end, it was like, huh? Thirteen yeah. year old Ben was, was destroyed. It took me a long time. That's it's about the same time I found out that Santa Claus isn't real. It was horrifying. Uh, no, no, he, he's right there on my screen. Glenn, <laughs> snay on the antis snay. Uh, I think I got that. Uh, my, my, my pig Latin's a bit rusty. Um, all right, there's a number, number. Are we number four? Number four. I, we are back at number four. Number four, the actual <laughs> the real number four. And my number four is Lake Mungo. So, ha ha, Sarah. <laughs> <laughs> Great film. Indeed. And for me, it's one of those great examples of a film playing with format. I mean, you go into that film, if you know nothing about it, you would be convinced that was a documentary. Mm. So yep. well done. It's just, yeah, it's a masterpiece. It's beautiful. Yeah, for sure. And it's one of the rare sort of examples of most people in the country it was made don't even know what it is. Like, you ask most people in Australia what Lake Mungo is, they have no idea. Are you in the place? Yeah. Really? It's just a film that I can talk about and no one really knows what the fuck I'm on about. Oh, well, it's one of the scariest movies I've ever seen, I think. So definitely if anyone listening, you know, hasn't seen it, please go and watch that. Like at least watch that because you'll be scared. It's really ben, scary. Ben, did it, did it even get distribution down here? Because I, I can't remember seeing it on DVD. I don't think so. Like no. it was, it's, it's had a weird, it's had a weird history here with, with coming out. I actually, I should check the classification board and see if it's actually been, been classified. Cause I don't it's know. Like, it's like, um, it's like young Einstein. It's this local film. We had to go overseas to bloody purchase. To get. Cause we were working, I was working on the second site Blu-ray, which is how this whole project came together actually. So yeah, I got to learn a great deal about what went into making Lake Mungo. Um, yeah, it doesn't sound like a very good experience for a lot of people. <laughs> the um, the guy that played the doctor in it, Steve Jodrell, he used to be a customer at my video store. There you go. There's your shot, He's a filmmaker in his own right, isn't he? Yeah, he, he made um, the one with Deborah Lee Furness. What was that one, Ben, back in the day with um, Simone Buchanan? Can't remember the name of it now. Uh, not the, hang on. Not the, not hate. What's it called? The, the Not that one. That's not the one you do. The one... <laughs> Oh man, this is a, a crime against cinema. But you know yeah. what I mean. Yeah, it's like it's the, it's, it's a, is it? Yeah, it's like, it is. It's like a one word title. <laughs> yeah, it's the, it could be it's the rape movie. Yeah, yeah, no, I yeah. I can't for life me remember what it's called, but it's something like it's like scum or hate. Although I'm naming British and French films. <laughs> 
I'm sorry I brought it up. It's one of those. This is this is if you actually go back and listen to uh, to the podcast that Glenn shame. and I do. Shame. It's ninety percent me going. Is it shame? That's it. Yeah. It's ninety percent me going. What was the name of that film? What's the you know, the one with the guy and the girl in it? <laughs> yeah. They do the thing together, and then uh, one of them dies. What's that one? <laughs> <laughs> it's horrifying. It's horrifying. <laughs> Where are we up to, Ben? Uh, Sarah, number four. Uh, I think I'll just be shameless and uh, name a film that I just love. I think it's really like a good horror film, and that's an Australian film called The Loved Ones. Oh, yeah. The you guys like that? Have you seen it? Because I adore honestly, that one. It's adore. I love it, and I think the soundtrack's really fun, and and but also you know it actually has this twist. I feel like it's a twist. I mean, maybe I'm just not very perceptive, but where I'm not going to ruin it, obviously. But there's a bit in it halfway through where you just like, oh my god, I did not see that coming. Yeah, <laughs> and I just think it's so creepy. Yeah, it's as if John Hughes had directed a torture porn. <laughs> Kind of, yeah. <laughs> Good way of putting it. But yeah, I think like that's a really fun horror film if you just like want to see something really gross and yeah. make you cringe a lot. That movie is always it's always been in my bad books because when it came out, we were just releasing the Human Centipede. And <laughs> they Lovely. they had a much bigger marketing budget than we did, and so everyone was talking about the loved ones being the most disturbing horror film ever, and you're like. But, Asked him mouth. <laughs> it was our, our marketing consisted of me calling into uh, into uh, film film cr- critic shows on the radio and going. Uh, so, what do you think of the Human Centipede? That was our that was our, our big marketing plan. Uh, it was that reenactment at the Christmas party that had me, mate. Yeah, <laughs> it, was, it was Casual Work Friday. We, to, we, all, came, we all came in our finest nappies. It was, yeah. <laughs> Fantastic. Uh, <laughs> Keep it on your Facebook, mate. Yeah, sorry. Uh, I had a, f- a friend of mine actually animated himself. <laughs> he, I don't know how he did. He got he got some visual artist to like a uh, like a computer vi- video artist guy to do. He took photos of himself in a nappy on all fours, like just heaving, and then the guy like put it all together. So he had like a human centipede of himself. That he used to put on, like, <laughs> he used to send it Ready to his signature on his emails. It was, it was amazing. Wow, <laughs> I wouldn't know that guy. Yeah. <laughs> he's a really great guy. He's like a he's like a visual kind of artist, and he was in a band. But he used to do these super weird kind of video installations and stuff. He's uh, yeah, totally, <laughs> totally. Uh, it's a good use of his talents. Yeah, sure. yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right so i think we're 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 down to it now right number mm-hmm. five yeah uh number five for me is a a film that really inspired me and my first film cruel summer and that is the great ecstasy of robert carmichael which is a low budget british film that not many people have seen but yeah it's one of those horrible drama movies that get under your skin and turns out to be more horrific than 99 percent of most horror films yeah, I'm right. adding that one to my list. Yeah, I haven't seen this one. Yeah, I haven't heard of it. And yeah, Ben, Cruel Summer is out by by you guys by so Monster Pictures. That's right. Go ahead it wasn't. And, uh, go ahead and buy it. 
Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> that was actually, it was actually um, released by this, uh, funnily enough, we released it for uh, this guy, Michael Kratzer, who is a, a German film producer who lives in New Zealand. And he, he made Inbred and a bunch of other stuff. And he was the one who found uh, Cruel Summer and, uh, and was like, you guys have to release this. Yeah. And, uh, oh, so he forced you. <laughs> he, he forced us to. Like he forced us to watch it. He tied us up in the back of a van and forced us to watch it. And then... that is the best way to see the film. So well done, Mike. Well done. <laughs> so, um, but that's right. It is available on the uh, Monster Pictures website. You can go there right now and and uh, and order it and check it out because it is. A, it, it's one of those with that with Michael Kratzer. He would it would be hit and miss. Like sometimes he would send us these these like this one called there's one called Dead Sea, which is possibly the worst cgi made film of all time like it is it is terrible and then he would send us a film like uh cruel summer or like chicago rot where you get to see a guy getting stabbed in the stomach with the and you get to see it from the inside of the stomach so you get to see the knife go in and like the guy's whole whole hand goes in and he's rooting around the guy's <laughs> guts and all very argento <laughs> <laughs> And this is, and you get them like in the same month. You'd be like, "I'm releasing these two. And you're like, uh, "Okay." <laughs> it, was, uh, it was always fantastic. It was always fun. It was always fun to see what uh, what he was going to give us. Uh, okay, Sarah, last one. Uh, I think I'll wrap it up with a uh, cannibal holocaust. I think that um, I was thinking more films that inspired the documentary and everything, but I, you know. You can't go wrong with a kind of Holocaust <laughs> if you if you like video nasties, if you like uh, found footage, if you just like general horror and <laughs> gore. Uh, watch kind of Holocaust. Which so, uh, which cut do you watch? Which cut? The worst one that exists. <laughs> <probably>. <laughs> the one with full turtle. <laughs> Yeah. Yep. <laughs> well, you know, we're supposed to condemn that, but whatever, it's there. So just well, it, it happened. It, it, it's a, it's yeah. a thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I still like it. <laughs> Obviously, it's take- bad. They shouldn't have done that. But still, they do. They do eat it, right? They do. Uh... I can't remember. I need hey, to they they eat again. they eat turtles <laughs> on TikTok all the time, mate. Um, yeah. So, Today. <laughs> Is that what you're watching all the time on TikTok? Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm hoping for the other turtle thing that Ben and I were talking about earlier, but you know, I keep getting the real thing. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh my goodness. Well, um, there's no doubt that found footage is a genre that will resonate hard with many of the viewers at uh, Monster Fest this year. And the found footage phenomenon does screen at Monster Fest on December the 5th, if I've got that right, Ben. Uh, yes, Sunday, December 5th. Awesome. So Sarah and Phil, just want to thank you so much for spending time with us today. It's been an absolute pleasure. Um, good luck with the film in general, and um, I can't wait to see it. Thank you, guys. Yeah, thanks for having us. 